We are the Knights of Entertainment, a podcast covering your favorite and unknown movies, games, comic books, anime, and more weekly. We appreciate you being here and hope you enjoy the show. This is what we are covering tonight. Uh, we are going over a list by Screen Rant. Uh, the <laughs> the most terrifying things from Batman. His war crimes, basically. Uh, again, this is from Screen Rant, so we'll see how terrifying it really is. I can probably think of some worse ones, but... <laughs> you said it was 15? 15. I got 16 to start. <laughs> All right, but before we do, like, share, and subscribe to the channel. You can also enjoy the show on YouTube, Spotify, Rumble, Odyssey, and more. We also have membership tiers on the platforms if you'd like to support the channel, or you can check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash KOE podcast. Number 16. It's a TikTok. This guy goes to this, uh, I guess it's supposed to be McDonald's, mm -hmm. and he's like, can I get a water cup? And the guy, get, it's funny because the guy gives him the water cup, right? Mm -hmm. And he, the guy has all four of his fingers in the cup as he hands it to him. Oh. <laughs> it's very subtle. If you don't pay attention, you miss it the whole time, right? Because in the comics, in the comments, only one person commented on it. But when I was like, that's nasty. Even the guy reacting like, what the fuck? So he goes to get water. And like he's looking at the water, like little little, little tab to press for water. He looks around. He's like, oh, "Fuck it." He doesn't say anything. But he's like, "Fuck it," and he starts to putting the little water cup in the, under the sprite. Mm -hmm. He's like, "Hell yeah!" He turns around, and of course, Batman's standing there. He's like, "Is that water?" And Batman takes a sip of it, right? He's like, "Sprite," and then he beats the dog shit out of the guy. He beats the hell out of them, right? Mm -hmm. Like consistently, and then he's like, "You want Sprite?" And then he fucking waterboards him with Sprite. End of video. Oh, you want spray? <laughs> Shit is fucking hilarious. Uh, there's a lot of people that do that, though. They do the Batman being overly zealous? No, I mean, like, there's a bunch of people that try to get a uh, free Sprite by asking for a water. Hey, man. It's, if, it, if, it, if I wasn't supposed to have it, it shouldn't have made it clear. <laughs> yeah, but one's bubbly and one's not. If your water is bubbly, you got other issues. <laughs> Hey man, my my, my my water always bubbles. It's carbonated. <laughs> Sparkling water. Sprite. The way he says it, Sprite. Then he just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> that is hilarious. It would be funny if you were doing that though and Batman shows up behind you. Like, oh shit. <laughs> or like there's that one where he's in a playground and uh, there's somebody that throws trash on the on the playground and he slides down the slide. Delittering. <laughs> yeah. But this is a list from Screen Rant, so we'll see how far this goes. So they have it, number 15, The Last Moments of the Killing Joke. Alan Moore and Brian Bollins' The Killing Joke is probably the defining Joker story of the modern era, and it's no surprise that it finally was adapted into animation this year. Wasn't well, it also like, uh, oh, it's now the canon or origin of jo Joker, too? Uh, one of three, I think. No, they said that was the original Joker. Now they said because in the the the, the three Jokers, mm -hmm. the Killing Joke Joker is the original Joker, and somehow he made two other Jokers as his lackeys, so they would be th three of them. That's why they all acted so different. Yeah, and uh, the two of them die in the in the story, leaving the original Joker from the Killing Joke the actual Joker so that's a better uh, that it's 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 a it's a soft uh, it's part of the black label not their actual uh, continuity yeah but it's basically saying yeah the Alan Moore killer Killing Joke Joker is the real is Joker the, the and that's, canon. How, that's how he became Joker all that huh. storyline 
Surprise! Yay! Because I know that there was three different types of like uh, mentalities of Joker. Yeah, it turned out it was three three dudes. Because you had the killing Joe Joker, you had the one that uh, from the nineteen forties that was campy, and then you had like the gangster Joker. Yeah, like the more dark edge one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now we know. Now we know. And, and they never actually came out as oh yeah yeah that's it uh huh that's the one baby. <laughs> Uh, by showing the Joker at his absolute worst and at the same time showing glimpses of a more tragic backstory, it gives us a better understanding of the Joker's psychology than almost any other story to date. The book examines the twisted relationship between Batman and the Joker, what it means uh, to both of them, and questions how different the two really are. The ending of the book also has one of the scariest Batman moments ever written. Two different interpretations exist, and while both differ tremendously in regard to future stories, either the Joker is alive or he isn't, both versions are equally disturbing. Here's what we know for sure. At the climax, after all the atrocities that the Joker has committed to Barbara Gordon, Jim Gordon, and so many others, the clown-faced mass murderer tells a joke, and Batman laughs with him. What happens afterward is up to the reader. In the panel above, the incontinuity explanation is that Batman is grabbing the Joker's shoulder as the two enemies share a laugh together for the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Alternatively, many readers believe that he's grabbing Joker's throat and that this story is intended to be seen as the final moment between the two adversaries. Batman has finally been pushed too far and as he snaps, strangling the Joker to death. Either way, this moment is totally instability... Uh, it's terrifying to see from a normally calculated figure like Batman. Well, spoilers. Three Jokers kind of put that one to rest. <laughs> yeah. He didn't fucking choke him to death. Yeah. I mean, if he did, that would have been... <laughs> where it looked like he's just holding his shoulder. He's like just choking the fuck out of him. I did like that. Yeah, because he, like, he just puts his hands like... It's just so random. Batman's like, oh, you're... they're both laughing their asses off, right? Yeah. And like one one hand on the shoulder, another hand on the shoulder. Then they pan it down really slowly. I'm like, well, he might fucking choke him to death. <laughs> it was just so out of character for Batman and Joker to have that weird like camaraderie. Yeah. Camaraderie. Well, I think it scared Joker too at the end. He's like, oh shit, he's laughing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, number 14. That time uh, he became a vampire. Uh, we did mention the whole uh, drinking blood thing. Considering that Batman has existed for three quarters of a century at this point. When did they, when did they what? Yeah, he was a... He was a uh, no, he's like, we, we did mention the drinking blood. When did they... Dr- this, this is Screen Rant, so... They're expecting to read all their articles on Batman? I, like I have reference to what they're saying? I, I would assume, what yeah. What the fuck? Like I said, this is Screen Rant, so I'm not going to take credit for this one. Uh, it was also a matter of time before someone wrote the story. Luckily, it occurs in an alternate universe, so uh, we still get to read human Batman stories today. Nonetheless, the Batman and Dracula trilogy stands out as one story that finally transformed Bruce Wayne into a cr- true creature of the night. In the first part of the trilogy, Batman discovers that Dracula is real, alive, and preying on homeless people in Gotham. Sure enough, surely enough, Batman ends up getting bitten and transformed into a vampire, which gives him the strength to defeat Dracula's horde. He lures Dracula's forces to Wayne Manor, impales Dracula on a tree, and then becomes a new leader of the vampires. By the third part of the trilogy, Batman is busy murdering and drinking the blood of all of his old enemies until he finally kills himself by exposing himself to sunlight. Dark, very much. So. I, I'd be, I'd be taken aback if I hadn't read the fucking Doom that came to Gotham. Then becomes a bat at the end of that one. <laughs> so I'm kind of already there. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. Remember I gave you that book? Yep. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> then they made the fucking uh, adaptation to that. Yeah. 
He looks good, though. The adaptation. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. He still turned into a bat at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just can't get rid of that part. <laughs> he becomes man bat. Man bat. Caca. For some reason, he sounds like a bird. Caca. <laughs> you know, that's the only game, non, uh, non-horror non game, that gave me a jump scare. Really? Was Arkham Knight when you're walking, you're climbing up one of those uh, towers mm-hmm. or a skyscraper, right? Yeah. And the man bat pops out of you. <laughs> Just get a shit out of me. Because <laughs> you're not expecting it ever in that game. Yeah. And he's just like... like <laughs> that'll, that'll get you. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot that that was actually in that. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah, because it it's very abrupt. <laughs> like, yeah, because you've been climbing up fucking buildings the whole fucking game. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker pops out of nowhere. Just completely out of nowhere. And like a completely mundane uh, sequence that you've done for like three or four hours, right? Yeah. It's suddenly interrupted by a giant man-sized bat. (laughs) Uh, All right. Number 13. Batman Begins, the first appearance of Batman. Uh, One of the common complaints about the Burton Schumacher Batman movies was always how robotic Batman was. Bulky, armored in rubber, so thick he couldn't turn his head. If I turn my neck, you'd be dead. (laughs) And usually marching down streets uh, like a Bat Terminator. Uh, The Batman in the 90s films was a sharp contrast to the fluid, stealthy movements of the comic book and animated versions of Batman, which disappointed many fans. The big, open reveal of the Dark Knight in Batman Begins forever changed the paradigm. First, uh, Batman was portrayed less than a super cop and more like an invisible monster lurking in the shadows, pouncing upon Falcone's thugs and tearing them away from unknown fates as uh, the remaining ones fired into the darkness. The most menacing moment, of course, is when the thug screams, where are you? Here. Didn't you say that? Here. Yep, here. And the guy's like, <gasps> Yep. This all accumulates in the scene where Batman rips Falcone from his car, announces his name, and then chains the mob boss to a searchlight. This is this was when Batman, who had come from a horror movie, not a superhero flick, and it made for one of the most memorable scenes in any comic book movie to date. You agree with that one? Come to think of it, Batman would never allow himself to have that weird, like, uh, unable to turn his neck shit. Because it would be so tactically uh, disadvantageous. Yeah. He would never have let himself have that fuck. I can't turn my fucking neck. That shit would be... That would get you killed instantly. Yeah. If you can't turn your fucking neck, he would never have come out like that. He'd be like, what the fuck am I thinking? God, it wasn't for Tim Burton. Yeah, but it was dark at least. Yeah, but I mean, like, that is... that. That's not a Batman trait. For him to, self, no. to, to himself to give himself such a horrible disadvantage. But doesn't that show you how decent the films were that you really didn't pay as much attention to that? Well, I paid attention because that's how my mental state. I know other <laughs> people didn't, but he was like, you, you, you got to turn your whole fucking upper body. <laughs> See, I was paying more attention to Catwoman. So uh, uh, she didn't have that issue. I never liked her in that movie. <laughs> she was scary. She scared me. <laughs> she scared you. She, scared she had the whip. <laughs> You were thinking dominatrix, weren't you? No, I was just thinking like, man, she is really rough around the edges. <laughs> Mostly towards the end, where part of her costume gets fucked up and yeah, her hair comes all, out. She's all fucking crazy looking. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing about the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, the newer one with Christian Bale. Yeah. He also had a really slow fighting style. Yes, he did. That did not make any realistic sense to me. No. I'm like, this is bad too yeah like it was bad for a different reason though. yeah i'm like you, you no one would fight that slowly 
and that's how they had but then you had ben affleck's batman that wasn't bad that, that was batman as much as i didn't want to see ben affleck as batman at least it was fast-paced when he had, when he had and, that actual like that was the best portrayal of batman i've ever seen yeah just that one scene yeah like, where he smashed the dude through the floor and he's just fucking throwing motherfuckers all <laughs> over the place like six foot two his suit's probably like upgraded to have like enhanced strength yeah uh, you know he's fighting guys like three or four at the same time and wasn't it uh, more of a take on the the uh the batman returns yeah the bigger thing? muscular one yeah yeah but like that that portrayal of that was good at least in my opinion, like that's something yeah. I could expect the comic book to do. The only the only thing that he w- would have done if it was actually Batman was that he had knocked the power out of the the lights. Yes, should have been complete dark, and we started whipping their ass. Yep, that's a, that's a Batman thing. They you you just can't do that for movies because then you don't get to see nothing. Well, that's why we, we get to see it. Did they? The, the villains don't get to see. Yeah, it's like where is they? Right <laughs> here. But him slamming people into walls and shit. He was he punched the guy so hard he fucking caved the, the floor down. <laughs> no, the the. Uh... And then they they just did him dirty. <laughs> the rest of the fucking movies. I will say though, the one thing I did like is uh, the penguin. Uh, Danny DeVito fit that perfect. The fat, grotesque penguin. Man, he was pale. Yeah. He's a pale penguin. <laughs> and he had flipper hands. <laughs> he did that really well, though. <laughs> uh, number 12. Batman Begins. Swear to me. Luckily for Batman Begins, uh, was filled with scary Batman moments. And we're just going to roll right into the, uh, into the next insanely freaky con- excerpt. Christian Bale's Batman electrifies the screen whenever he appears. More like a wild animal than a man, forming a sharp contrast to the movie's very human and vulnerable Bruce Wayne. But as threatening as Batman may be when he's beating up criminals, he's a hell of a lot scarier whenever he's interrogating them. When Batman interrogates Flass, who swears to God that he's telling the truth, and growls the now famous line, He's like, you are talking to him. (laughs) Basically is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, it's a moment that is as terrifying for the audience as it is for the crooked detective. In that moment, it's clear just how much Bruce Batman, uh, Bruce's Batman personality pushes him to the brink. All of the rage and inner torment that Bruce has experienced is seeping through his pores, and his voice is now uh, no longer fully human. Rewatching Batman Begins, it's worth noting how perfect Bale's Batman's voice is. Though it became too exaggerated in the film sequels, yeah. his Batman Begins no voice shit. struck the perfect balance between man and beast. You know, you know, my favorite line from that first movie was where uh, he leaves uh, Raja Ghul into in, to, to drive in that fucking like that. It was just, I guess it was that train that was just fucking. Oh, yeah. That was speeding. Sla- yeah, yeah. About to slam into a wall, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. I, I've done that line so much. That I, I do it with a Mario accent now. <laughs> oh, God. I want to kill you, but I don't want to save you. <laughs> I don't want to save I want to kill you, but I don't want to save you. He tells it to Bowser. <laughs> yeah. I want to kill you. But I don't want to save you. And you know, I just say the, the second part is so fast. But you know what I'm saying? I want to kill you, but I don't want to save you. <laughs> just like, Imagine if they added that to a game. Hey, man, I'm here. When you, when you guys need me, I'm here. <laughs> All right. Number 11, the Batman of Azar and R. Azar and R. <laughs> yep. Is that a barbecue sauce? <laughs> Over here thinking of food. <laughs> that barbecue sauce. <laughs> it comes with beaters. I guess Rob, I guess Luigi would be uh, Robin. <laughs> Mario, I want to help you fight crime. 
Shut up, Luigi. You can't do it. <laughs> I want to help my brother. <laughs> I risk his life. <laughs> I have to save our parents. So what's Peach? Uh, I guess Catwoman. Catwoman's not always being saved, though. Yeah, neither Peach doesn't either. Except for 99% of the time. <laughs> she, she's available at 1%. <laughs> I guess Bowser would be Bane. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we are. All that matters is the plan. So you really could change a bunch of them out, I'm, couldn't you? I'm, I'm available when you guys need me to make a game. Parody of Mario. <laughs> I, I had a funny idea for a, a Halloween, right? It would be a, a like a, a fucking super accurate uh, portrayal of Mario and Luigi. Like the costume would be like to a point, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, damn, that's like a movie, right? But over them would be a shitty Batman and Robin costume as if it was Mario and Luigi trying to dress up as Batman and Robin. <laughs> But they they don't have they they do a really shitty job. Yeah. So it'd be a great Mario Luigi with a shitty Batman and Robin costume on. <laughs> you, you, can you picture it in your head? Yeah. Like the the, the suit for Batman's too big, so Robin uh, Mario's belly goes over the top the bottom. Yeah. The mask doesn't fit right. Luigi's is too tall, so his shit's like too fucking short. Shit is fucking hilarious to me. See, we need to make that. <laughs> we need to make everything I do. I, I, should, I should I should be royalty in Hollywood right now. I should be making the moves for everybody. Like everybody, give me a studio. You want to be the next Harvey Weinstein? No, because I'm going to go to jail for his horrible fucking crimes. Have nasty pervert. I had to. Because wasn't he the king of Hollywood at one point? Not anymore. All kings fall eventually. If I could write one good script, right? Hmm. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Because I read somewhere that like a script writer's a currency is a finished script. Mm -hmm. Not a treatment, not a not a plot line, not a not a log line. If you have a finished script, that is your currency. And if it's that good, like 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 Rocky, like Sylvester Stallone, like he fucking he made a script and he was able to star in it himself because it was that good. Yeah, it's kind of like how I I can't remember what I, what My back is production house turned down that uh, that movie Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom that came out not too long ago. Yeah. It's made like four times his money back now. Fucking trillions. Ow. <laughs> Hit my elbow. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, for the Batman of Zar and R, Batman is so, uh, is so composed and methodical that sometimes it's easy to forget just how tangled his mind really is. After <laughs> all, it takes a lot for someone to get in a bad costume and beat up criminals. And even more for I that. I bet it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't take all that much. <laughs> you just put it on and start whipping someone's ass. <laughs> and even more for that person to devote their entire adult life to something as impossible as eradicating crime, much less having the dedication to actually be successful at it. At one point, Bruce Wayne volunteers for an isolation experiment wherein Dr. Simon Hurt implants a post-hypnotic trigger, trigger into his mind, the phrase, is R&R. &R. Which is a mishearing that Bruce had of his fi uh, father's final words. They'd probably throw Zorro in Arkham before the man was murdered. Later that on. That was dancer? Yeah. Huh, that's weird. Like, right before he got killed. Yeah. 
Uh, later on, the Black Glove uses a Czar and R trigger against Batman, uh, combined with a cocktail of drugs, resulting in an irrational, amnesic Bruce Wayne becoming lost in Gar- Gotham's back alleys. Uh, Bruce ends up putting together a rather odd costume and calling himself the Batman of Czar and R, hallucinating a character called Batmite and causing all kinds of other crazy happenings. The brightly colored Batman is far more violent and dangerous than his regular counterpart, though luckily Bruce is soon snapped out of it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of like crazy. Wait, so is it, is it, is it like a, its own self story or is it like Batman? No, it's, it's canon. So Batman got tricked into some weird, like, mental. Well, he volunteered for it. Batman volunteered for some bullshit. Yes. And, like, because he's he's still Batman deep down. Yes. But he was like, insane at the moment. Yes. He just made some random Batman costume. Yes. He, he called himself Batman of Zor and R. That's so fucking weird. I think I actually, I still have two of those comic books, but yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it's like a, uh, he looks like a homeless person beside something, putting his costume together and everything, where he's got like all these rags. Yeah, the only difference between him and a homeless person, he's like built like a tank. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're not homeless. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number 10, The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Frank Miller's classic, The Dark Knight Returns, one of the most influential comic books of the 1980s, tells the story of what happens to Gotham when Batman disappears, and then when he comes back. But his return, though needed, isn't a glowing, radiant sun in the sky, it's a lightning bolt, striking down on the forces that have corrupted the city ever since he vanished. During Batman's decade of retirement, Gotham is overrun by a gang of mutants. So he retired at 45 then? If Returns was 55? Yeah, I think so. Damn. He didn't. He wasn't that old when he retired. Yeah, but imagine jumping off a roof and shit. Your legs would be fucked by the time you're 45. He should be like fucking five foot two by the end of the fucking his career. Honestly, with his back broken, his legs fucked up. Oh, damn, my back, my back's <laughs> killing me. Did they? Didn't they uh, address that in the, the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. Of him being just like like you got no 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 ligaments in any of your knees. Your no. backs your backs all fucked up. The guy's like, hey, what have you been doing, Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Spelunking. Spelunking. Skiing. <laughs> uh, widespread corruption spreads and the United States prepares for World War III with the Soviet Union Superman is now the government's lap, uh, loyal lapdog finally Bruce Wayne decides he's seen enough and becomes Batman once more hitting the streets with grim vengeance leaving blood and broken bones in his wake the epic finale has batman don an armored suit in a violent confrontation against superman that served as inspiration for this year's or whenever they wrote this by screen rant batman v superman dawn of justice though the comic book portrayal of superman is lacking the battle itself is unforgettable and it's no surprise that it finally made it to the big screen so that tells you when the screen rant wrote this. Do you bleed? You will. Martha. You broke my fucking car, by the way. Fucking asshole. I've got to walk home. Uh, number nine, locking up KG Beast. KG Beast. Uh, speaking of the Cold War Batman stories, another of the Cape Crusaders' darker moments was in Batman number 420. <laughs> Go figure, 420. <laughs> He's a pothead. <laughs> Where his actions uh, clearly violated his usual no-killing code. Wasn't it Azrael? No. This oh. was actually Bruce. 
the story pits the Dark Knight against a villain named KG Beast, a brutal Soviet assassin sent to kill 10 government officials, including the President of the United States. KG- oh, and, and the pro- oh, no problem. Send one dude. <laughs> and the President. <laughs> KG Beast uh, proves to be Batman's equal, succeeding at, at assassinating almost all of his targets. At one point, poisoning an entire banquet of 100 people just to knock out the one he's aiming for. Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> he's so subtle. Got him. Got him all. <laughs> Uh, even when Batman gets KG Beast hand tangled up in his bat rope, the assassin grabs an axe and chops it off. Jesus later, Christ, bro. Later replacing it with Why a Why did you cut the rope? <laughs> and in my hand. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> later replacing uh, with a cybernetic machine gun. It's pretty clear that there's no stopping this guy, and even if Batman does manage to capture him, he's only going to be shipped back to the Soviet Union and released. Finally, Batman ends up leading KG Beast to the sewers of Gotham. At this point, Batman does the unthinkable. He locks KG Beast into an underground room with no resources and no uh, water or food and walks away. And walks away. Left there to die? Yeah. Damn. (laughs) Not something you necessarily expected from Batman, but oh, yeah. I won't kill you. Starvation exactly. and Earth will. <laughs> You'll die eventually. What if he lost his mind? That that was his rationale from now. I won't kill you, but the fall will. <clears throat> I won't kill you, but this knife will. <laughs> I won't kill you, but these bullets will. He just loses his fucking shit. <laughs> like, Batman, you good? You know, you're legit killing people. It wasn't me. It was other stuff. It was the, it was the, the gun. I won't kill you, but the Batmobile will. Boom, boom. <laughs> Like, oh shit, Batman's lost his fucking mind. <laughs> but yeah, apparently he did lock somebody up. Well, yeah, there you go. Left him there. He's a horrible prison warden. <laughs> uh, number eight, Batman Begins. The Fear Gas Hallucination. When you take a figure like Batman, who uses fear to strike at the hearts of his enemies, and pair him uh, off against Scarecrow, a villain who achieves his crime in, uh, crimes through the use of fear gas... <laughs> Uh, there's two things that everyone wants to know. First, what does the fear gas do to Batman? And second, what does Batman look like uh, to someone under the influence of fear gas? Since Scarecrow has been rumored to appear in the movie since 1997, fans had been waiting to see both of those things come to life on the big screen. And Batman Begins delivered. The movie shows a glimpse of Batman via fear gas hallucinations, both of which are subtly demonic. In one, we are see we see him flying over the narrows with glowing eyes, looking like a name his namesake. The scarier and more memorable hallucination, however, is the one that Scarecrow himself experiences when Batman douses him with his own fear gas. Batman's interrogation techniques are uh, scary enough, but when complemented by the monstrous visage above, it takes on a whole other level. It's not uh, so surprising that Crane goes crazy and starts riding a horse through Gotham soon after. Yeah, if I remember, Crane looked like he was getting a hard on watching Batman. He was like, God, look at that sexy monster. He looked like he was excited as fuck to see. Like, he loved that shit. Not to mention the actor Cillian Murphy, who played Scarecrow. He, he, he auditioned for, for Batman. Did he? Yeah, they didn't give it to him. I wonder there, why. There's test footage of him, you know, being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And uh, he was way too. St- if you, if Christian Bell was too skinny, uh, Cillian, he was like five foot seven. <laughs> like five foot seven Batman. And we already had that with Michael Keaton. We don't need that again. <laughs> let, me, let me be Batman. <laughs> I'm five foot three, but I'm a beast. <laughs> let me be Bane. <laughs> I won't kill you, bro. <laughs> I won't kill you. I can't even do his voice anymore. I, it, oh, wait, uh, I'm, I'm doing Batman. That's why I said I won't kill you. <laughs> do you feel me, Batman? I'm five foot three. <laughs> That would be funny, hilarious. Like, 
<laughs> don't care who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> Darth Vader said, you know it's burn. That's why I love that guy. Actually, Tom Hardy was five foot seven, I think. Was he? Yeah, I think he's five foot seven. Every time they meet him, right? Because yeah. he, he, they love him and like, damn, I thought you were taller, babe. No. <laughs> no. It doesn't matter how tall I am. <laughs> how strong I hit. <laughs> Uh, number seven, we have The Death of Abattoir. Uh, now, an important disclaimer here. This Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. So, uh, see in the comic books when uh, Bane breaks... <laughs> we keep talking about Bane. Bane breaks Bruce Wayne's back over his knee just Bane, as he does. He breaks his back. Yep. It knocks the Cape Crusader out of commission for a while. In the void left by Bruce's uh, absence, a new man must take up the cape and cow. And that Batman ends up being Jean Paul Valley, formerly known as the assassin Asriel. Asriel ends up uh, being pretty far from an ideal Batman, employing violent techniques that Bruce Wayne would have never been okay with. In fact, Asriel goes kind of crazy and increasingly delusional. This culminates whenever he, uh, his murder of the serial killer, Abattoir, when Azrael, uh, the Azbat, allows uh, the villain to fall to his death in a vat of molten metal, uh, a, la a la Terminator 2. And so action, throw the thumbs up, up. He said, throw the thumbs up. <laughs> An action, which also indirectly results in the death of uh, one of Avatar's pr uh, prisoners, Damn. who is trapped inside a secret torture chamber. Shortly afterward, Bruce Wayne comes back to reclaim the Batman mantle. So what the fuck, bro? You let him die? Exactly. I'm like, there's a skeleton of a Soviet spy in the trailer. <laughs> Don't you ever talk to me about letting people die. Don't you ever open your fucking mouth. Yeah, but he didn't throw him into it. He just locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just nitpicking. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, number six, JLA, the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel. Of course, Asbat is nuts, but even regular old Bruce Wayne has a dark side. Really, his super cold-hearted calculations about everyone around him sometimes seems a bit more super villainous than super heroic. This trait comes to the forefront in the Justice League story Tower of Babel, wherein Ra's al Ghul steals Batman's personal files and finds a pleasure that the Dark Knight keeps meticulous records on how to take down each of his Justice League allies. Ra's uses these exact methods to bring down every member of the Justice League. Thanks, Batman. Of course, Batman would never have employed those methods except in an emergency. But it's pretty creepy that he has them, especially considering their violent severity. The assassination techniques that Batman devises includes the use of Scarecrow's fear gas to make Aquaman aquaphobic, <laughs> trapping Wonder Woman in an, in an infinite uh, combat scenario in a virtual reality, a specially designed bullet that will cause the Flash to have super fast seizures, as well as freezing Plastic Man with liquid nitrogen and breaking him into pieces. Damn. Dirty tactics for sure. You think Batman has nude photos of all of them? Probably. <laughs> Why? You asked the question. I don't need that. Why? What would you need the. It's Batman. Uh, look at how George did again. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't. That, sometimes, sometimes people do stuff just to do them, I guess. I guess so. Uh, number five, The Dark Knight, the NSA style supercomputer. 
Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is a post-9-11 movie in every way. Unafraid to address political issues relevant to today's world, the Dark Knight in particular showcases the battle between Batman and the Joker as a battle of ideologies as much as as a battle of fists. The conflict between order and chaos, controlled violence versus free violence. While Batman is obviously the more heroic of the two figures, though you'll see some articles which claim the Joker is the real hero if you look for them, uh, he still comes out of the movie with a pretty serious dent in his moral armor and some big questions to answer to. The Harvey Dent lie, of course, comes a, uh, becomes a big part of the third movie, but Batman's biggest, scariest moment in the film is when he reveals to Lucius Fox that he's got a sonar uh, supercomputer capable of spying on the entire city through people's cell phones. Lucius immediately proclaims that once the task is done, he'll resign, since he believes no man should have access to such an enormous violation of people's privacy. But he also, uh, but he doesn't have to quit, as it turns out, since this this computer self-destructs once the Joker is defeated, presumably since Batman agrees that it's too dangerous to exist. But nonetheless, it is a violation of privacy, and Batman is guilty of committing it. Sure, it helped to defeat the Joker because it was in Batman's hands, but imagine if someone like Bane had found it. I remember uh, when uh, he showed Lucius, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is Lucius, like this is wrong. <laughs> and uh, he said, like, uh, I'll help you this one time because we got to stop Joker. But as long as this is here, I won't be. Yeah. And then, then uh, he tell Batman tells him, like, all right, when you're done, you just put in the put in the password, and you can leave. And like, what's the password? Here's your name. Your name. Or some shit. He said, I don't know. And you know, he Lucius types in the 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 password like. Fucking, it's a great scene. He walks away, right? Mm-hmm. And he's walking. The, the shit just starts blowing up. Just boom, boom. All the TVs start fucking exploding. He's over here like, oh, thanks. And then the ship blows up and kills him. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> or it just takes him out. Like one time the Batman miscalculates. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number four, the entirety of Arkham Asylum, a serious house on a serious earth. Oh yeah, that's a dark. Uh, that's, a, that's also a really, uh, what's the word? Uh, abstract art style they wrote they drew for that. Yeah, shit was like shit is freaky. Uh, if you want a glimpse into what it's like spending a night in Batman's mind or the mind of one of psychological, uh, or excuse me, psychopathic bad guys, then read Arkham Asylum, a serious house on a serious earth. The trippy, horrifying 1989 graphic novel by Grant Morrison, no surprise there, and Dave McKean, deeply symbolic, nightmarish, and surreal, with some of the most me- uh, mesmerizing artwork ever to be featured in a comic book. Fucking trippy. Yeah. Especially, uh, apparently, those the mythology they created there would later on influence the characters of those villains. So, like, whoever's in the in those, their, their characteristics and personality traits mm-hmm. carried over to the rest of... That was how innovative it was it gave them those like weird psychoses that they had those mental mm-hmm. problems and they just kind of carried on forever because it gave it's like it had some continuity to it everything. added like some death to their character mm-hmm. that just didn't make them villains they made them like criminally insane <laughs> Arkham Asylum tells the story of what happens when Arkham's inmates take over the loony bin and Batman goes into an investigation to see what's going on only to have trouble finding his way out again. Arkham Asylum is notable for its unique characterizations of Batman's rogues gallery, especially the Joker and Two-Face, but its stark depiction of Batman himself earns a second glance as well. More than perhaps any other work, Arkham Asylum shows a dark knight who could very easily be one of the inmates himself. 
with a climax that implies that maybe Batman fits better in Arkham's walls than he does on the outside world. Stark, emotional, repressed, and always lurking in the background as a shadow instead of a muscle-bound hero, Arkham Asylum proves a deep, uncomfortable look, uh, takes a deep, uh, uncomfortable look at an iconic hero. That was brave. <laughs> Showing your hero's flaws. Yeah. And then having him last pretty much his whole psyche now. Yeah. The whole like like overzealous like obsession with you know taking care of crime, mm-hmm. where like he does not take care of his body, like he's taking micro naps. He's gotta take my micro my, my, my micro naps. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get back out there. <laughs> uh, number three, Batman Year One: The Dinner Party. A dinner party. When it comes to classic Batman moments, this one ha- uh, earns a top spot on every list for being simultaneously scary, heroic, and totally badass. In Batman Year One, Batman makes his grand entrance into the Gotham scene in an unforgettably way. Uh, by dropping in, uh, in uninvited to a dinner party held for all the dirty aristocrats, uh, aristocrats, politicians. Aristocats. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Just, <laughs> I, I, as soon as I said it, it was like, yeah, he's going to know what that movie is. <laughs> Uh, aristocrats, politicians, and mob bosses that collectively own Gotham City and have turned it into a cesspool of corruption. As these powerful figures smugly discuss how this rumored Batman figure could probably be politically advantageous to them, Batman cuts out the electricity and drops into the party. Standing like an ominous demon opening the gates of hell, Batman gives the men a brief, iconic speech that none of them will ever live to, or will ever forget. They should have they, they they, they they had like one of those like birthday, like those big birthday cakes right where yeah. the stripper comes out and Batman's like <laughs> bum, bum, and he just starts whipping the shit it's like oh my god uh, his uh, statement was ladies gentlemen you have eaten well you've eaten Gotham's wealth it's spirit your feast is nearly over from this moment on none of you are safe and then he snuffs out the light in more ways than one he killed him <laughs> that's the only way that he murdered all of them that's the only thing I can think of <laughs> Uh, number two, Mask of the Phantasm. The first time he puts on the cowl. There was on the movie. Uh, I would assume so. It yeah. wasn't a comic book or anything. Mm-hmm. Man, that is such an iconic scene where where Joker's uh, theme park hideout is blowing up. Yeah, and uh, he's defeated. Batman hit him so hard he lost a tooth. Yeah, that was the first time I saw blood in a cartoon. By the way. Yeah, because it wasn't on a regular TV. So yeah. I was like, yo, he knocked his fucking teeth out. <laughs> and then like uh, the Phantasm has him by the collar, right? And he's on his knees in front of her, and he just starts fucking laughing, starts laughing his fucking ass off, and then he, they disappear. <laughs> and I'm like. Man, Joker is on a whole nother level when it comes to fucking insanity. Yes, he really is. Like, I might die. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the implication was he did die, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if he actually did. Because she wasn't going to kill him because uh, he killed uh, her father. I think so, yeah. So she's like, and he, he, there was no way for him. He was like done. And he just starts fucking laughing. So I get, I get the joke now. <laughs> Uh, the re- this is the reason they say though, uh, there are a few things that fan base collectively revere as ba- uh, as much as Batman the animated series. Uh, with its stark colors, a dark deco backgrounds, and tremendous writing, this cartoon is one of the most influential of all time. Arguably, having created more fans of the Dark Knight than almost any other media depiction. That's when I met him. Yeah, same thing. Uh, but the high point of the cartoon came not on TV, but in the feature film inspired by it, Mask of the Phantasm. Hell yeah. Alternating between a present-day storyline wherein a figure called the Phantasm is murdering aging mob bosses and a, f- a storyline in the past that shows how Bruce Wayne's love for a woman named Andrea Beaumont, or Beaumont, 
Uh, Mr. Almost led him away from becoming Batman. Master uh, of the Phantom. One woman yeah. just pulls you away from all your hopes and dreams. <laughs> all your aspirations just claws you away. <laughs> Uh, Mask of the Phantasm is uh, is a unique depiction of Batman's origins, unlike most versions of the story wherein Bruce's evolution into the cape and cow is presented in a more positive light. Mask of the Phantasm dares to show us how Bruce Wayne, who uh, came within inches of having a normal life, falling in love with Andrea and actually being happy, only to have it snatched away by fate. So, when the movie finally depicts the outrageously epic moment wherein Bruce Wayne dons the mask of Batman for the first time, with the music swelling, it's not a triumphant one. Uh, as he puts on the cow of Bruce, the man is uh, forever surrendering himself to Batman, the icon. In doing this, he forgoes any chance at a happy life that he ha- may have had otherwise. In that moment, Bruce Wayne is abandoned and only Batman remains. It's no surprise that upon seeing this uh, new Dark Knight, even Alfred is startled. Happy wife, happy life, Batman. <laughs> Alfred. Happy wife, happy life. Just fucking walks in. <laughs> And then uh, last one, uh, it's one I had never heard of. Batman has transformed into Bat Baby. Bat Baby. Yeah. But honestly, this is what uh, uh, Screen Rant puts. As terrifying as many of these moments have been, there's really nothing scarier or more bizarre than the Cape Crusader being transformed into a toddler and still being depicted enough to continue his war on crime. God, no, kill, kill. <laughs> This is the result of a villainous scientist of the pre-DC, uh, pre-crisis DC sword hitting Batman with a uh, with some funky sci-fi gun that de-ages him into a younger form. Luckily, Batbaby remains uh, it retains his adult in- intellect, strength, and agility. Oh so, God! <laughs> so he's able to continue being the vigilante he was before. Once he makes a costume that fits his new size, that is, sure, sure, it's funny, hilarious. Even. Even, but imagine for a second what would it be like in real life imagine seeing a bat baby crash through the skylight in those dumb black overalls and having him kick you in the face with those little shoes Jesus imagine imagine him just fucking dragging you to the fucking uh, to the, the edge of a, a roof right and he holds you over talk talk you get this biggie it's like no not the biggie Imagine him making threats or interrogating you in an obnoxious, squeaky little voice. Imagine fucking Joker would be rolling his head. Like he wouldn't be, he would retire. Yes. He'd be laughing so hard. As Robin stands in the background snickering. Actually, you don't want to be subverted. It's like Joker doesn't laugh. Yeah. He actually takes this version of Batman seriously. <laughs> what if he was like the only person? It's like the baby Batman. Well, if we meet again, huh? <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, seriously, Bat Baby. It's uh, if it's not uh, nightmare fuel, uh, then we don't know what is. Luckily, the whole Bat Baby incident was short lived. Oh, I gotta love those good old pre-crisis days. Jesus, they came up with everything <laughs> back in the day. Uh-huh. Bat Baby. Bat Baby. <laughs> with just as much strength and his his intelligence and everything. Still. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine him going through rooftops, right? Instead of him jumping around, right? Yeah. He would just be tied to Robin in one of those little baby seats <laughs> to his chest, and Robin would be jumping around for him until they got to the location they needed to go to. Yeah. She would be like, put me down, Robin. It's time to get to work. Change my diaper, Robin. The night calls. My, my diaper's full. <laughs> I am vengeance. Uh, I am the night. And then he sucks on a password. 
didn't they do something similar to that though? In, yeah, no, uh, Justice League. Yeah, they were like teen. They were like uh, pro- adolescent. Yeah, they weren't teenagers, but they weren't ch- babies. They were like uh, ten or eleven. Yeah, and Batman was still Batman. Yeah, he kept turning away Wonder Woman, even her advances at that point. They wouldn't even be advances. It'd be child like childhood like crush. Yeah, but he still turned her down. I ain't got time for women. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Oh, Batman. <laughs> Even at that age, fuck you, Wonder Woman. Oh, my only love is crime. <laughs> now watch, he's the one that commits it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Those, those are the most terrifying moments that Screen Rant came up with, though. And that bad baby breaking through like the skylight. My, it's a bad baby! <laughs> I guess that would be kind of terrifying. What the <laughs> Not terrifying like his, oh, God, run, but more of like, what the fuck is that then he kicks your best friend standing at you like he's jaw clean up his body with a size two shoes Just boom you're like oh shit gary <laughs> gary's in a coma for the next 15 years <laughs> because of bad baby then he, he the little miniature like like bats bat, uh, batarang to, to fit his hand right yeah they go straight in your eye <laughs> all the way to the back of your skull like they just cut right through or he throws it wrong right and it goes down your throat <laughs> <laughs> Things that a normal battering would never have. Like it would cut your mouth, sure. I don't think it goes straight down your throat, all the way to your gut. You shit it out like three days later, cuz up your asshole. It's like, damn, you bad baby. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got though. Anything else to add? No. Cool. I'm tapped out. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next one.